You are listening to the A for Effort podcast, where we discuss all things education. I'm your host and teacher bestie, Sage. I'm an elementary teacher based in Sacramento, and I'm here to chat about the teacher life and share thoughts, conversations, and advice to my fellow educators. Join me every week for new episodes. Hi guys, welcome to the pod. I'm super excited because this is our first ever episode. Um, So I thought that we could start by talking about something um, that I think is actually really fun. Um, So on today's episode, we're going to be doing um, like a rating of different teacher trends and teacher things. Um, and it's going to be called overrated versus underrated. So I got this idea from another podcast that I listened to. Um, it's called anything goes with Emma Chamberlain. So if you listen to that podcast, then you might have heard the episode, but if you don't, you definitely should check out her podcast. It's really great. Um, okay. So in the episode, um, we're going to talk about different trends that many teachers um, are familiar with, and I'm going to rate them. Either they're overrated um, or they're underrated, and um, if not, then some of them might be justified, so it means that they're not like overrated or underrated. They're just somewhere in the middle. Okay, so let's jump right into it. Okay, so the first trend um, that I want to talk about is flare pens, and oh my god, flare pens, I think, in my opinion, are overrated, okay, um, and so don't be mad, I mean, I definitely love, (laughs) I love flare pens, I think they're super cute, um, and they're fun to write with, but they're, um, super expensive, I feel like $14.99 for, like, a pack of six pens is absolutely ridiculous, um, and also, it doesn't make sense to me why they would include, like, yellow. Like, other pens that are colored, like, yellow or, like, the light orange. Like, why on earth would you include this color in the entire variety pack? Like, it just, I can't write on anything with this. No one's going to be able to read it. So that, to me, is, like, come on, paper mate. Like, you know what you're doing. Um, But also, like, yeah, I love flare pens. Like, I use them all the time, but I just always feel very silly, like, if I have to go buy more, and, like, I never really personally want to pay for the variety pack with all the pretty colors, because it's like, well, there are at least three pens in there that I'm not going to be able to use, because who the heck can see when I write in yellow, but anyway, so yeah, flare pens, overrated. Do I still love them? Yes. Do I still use them? Absolutely. But still overrated. So, Paper Mate, if you're listening, I hope you're not offended and definitely would love for you to sponsor the pod so we can get these teachers a discount on these flare pens. All right, next up is um, a happy planner or um, the Erin Condren planner. So, to me, I know that the happy planner and the Erin Condren planner are two different things, but it's kind of the same concept. Um, and, like, I am all for writing things down. Like, I 
could not plan my school schedule or like the school day or the lessons for my students like on a computer. I couldn't plan that on like Google Docs. It's something that I would have to write down just because, I mean, I guess it would be considered old fashioned <laughs> for some people, but I just feel like it's easier. I'm uh, more like, like it makes sense spatially when you write it down versus like if you were to type it onto the computer. So um, yeah, I'm all for like a handwritten planner, but I just feel like the happy planner or the Erin Condren planner has so much extra stuff that you don't really need. Like, do I need a thick planner with like stickers and like post-its already in it? Like, not necessarily. And when you pay like a hundred dollars for a planner, like that thing better like be made out of gold. I just feel like it's pretty ridiculous. Especially being that like teachers really don't get paid a lot anyway. You're spending a hundred dollars on a planner. Like I could think of so many better things that I'd rather spend a hundred dollars on. So I'm gonna say that the happy planner is completely overrated. Um, I personally make my own planner every year. Um, and I just print out some pages. It doesn't cost too much. And then I take it to Office Depot or Staples and they bind it for me, which is like $5. And I write my name on the front of the planner, super cutesy. Um, yeah, it, it gets the job done. Granted, like, do I have all the extra stuff, like all the stickers um, all, like, the little post-its, all, like, the little affirmation things in it, no, but do I need that? No. Yeah, so I'm gonna stick with overrated on that one. All right, the next one is the boho themes classroom. I think themes, like, in general, themes classrooms, justified. Um, because if you really want to put the time in to, like, do your classroom up and, like, make it a theme and, like, really just go all out, like, that's great. I think you can justify that um, as long as, like, your theme goes with, like, your classroom management and, like, your community building and, like, um, all those sorts of things. But I think if your theme is irrelevant and has, like, nothing to do with any of your classroom systems or procedures, then I think, like, it's obviously not worth putting the time in. Like, I wouldn't see, you wouldn't want, like, a first grade teacher to have, like, a Harry Potter-themed classroom because, like, your students can't even read Harry Potter, so that doesn't make sense. But I think, like, if you're a sixth grade teacher and you read Harry Potter every year, and you do, like, the house sorting, and you give them points, and, you know, you do that sort of thing, then, like, yeah, I could see the themes, like, being justified, but, um, going back to, like, the boho theme, I think it's underrated, and I'm gonna say, even though a lot of people do the boho theme now, like, it's super popular, I still think, like, the light neutral colors, like, um, and, like, the twinkle lights and the pillows and, like, everything that makes your classroom comfortable, like, is completely worth it. Because um, in my opinion, like, it's, yeah, it's fun to have, like, a pineapple-themed classroom or, like, a bright 
and like black and bright colored theme classroom like that's fun but I feel like the what you have on the walls and like your lighting and like your seating arrangements like everything sorry everything like in your classroom affects like how your students react how they respond how alert they are and I think like if you have like a calming environment when they walk in and you have like um different lighting fixtures arranged and like little pillows like they feel more comfortable and like for me I I think it's so important that the students feel welcome the students feel like this is their home like this is like a place where they like feel the desire to take care of the things in the room so I think that it definitely makes a difference like what your classroom looks like it's it's a vibe (laughs) honestly it will change like everything so I'm gonna say yes boho theme classroom underrated or yeah I'm gonna say underrated even though it's super popular not enough people have that okay um next one is room transformations okay the room transformations that I'm talking about are like when you basically change the room for like one day Okay, and maybe you, like, put out tablecloths and, like, you dress up. Like, normally the teacher would, like, get, like, a costume or kind of dress, like, appropriately for whatever the activity is that they're doing. And, like, the room, like, is... It basically is transformed for, like, one day or, like, one lesson. And at the end of the day, you, like, take it all down. Um, so let me give an example. So like, for example, if you're working on inferences and you're doing like, maybe you, um, at the end of the school, they set up the room to look like a crime scene. You put like caution tape out and then you like leave clues around the room. Um, and then you like do like the outline of like a body on the floor and you just like that sort of thing and then you come in the next day and you're dressed maybe like a detective you got like a little um like trench coat on I don't I honestly don't know what a detective wears <laughs> looking like Sherlock Holmes or whatever I don't know but um that's the only thing that's coming to my head right now so classroom transformations this one is a tricky one but I'm going to say they're justified Um, I think, again, if you can change the room, um, and, like, get it prepared within your contract hours, um, and maybe, like, you don't have to buy a whole lot of stuff, like, extra to complete the room transformation, and then you leave it up, like, the whole next day, instead of, like, just taking it down for the lesson, I feel like then, like, it's special, and that's something that, like, number one engages the students which is so important because engagement is the first like or best classroom management tool I would say and then the second thing is like it's something like that's memorable like not only are they going to like enjoy it and like be engaged and be on task and um like follow your instructions but they're going to remember what they're learning because it's actually fun, like, and that's important, too, like, school shouldn't just be boring, so I'm gonna say yes on classroom transformations, 
underrated. Um, but I feel like too, if you're, if it takes you longer than like an hour to put everything up or like you're spending an arm and a leg on like supplies and whatnot, then I think like, no, don't do it. Like there's a certain point where it's like, it's too much. But at the same time, it's, like, if you can, like, budget or if you can, like, ask your, like, families, your students' families to, like, donate stuff or if you, like, happen to have extra supplies at the school, you know, um, then definitely go for it. But I feel like don't overdo it. Like, it's, it's underrated, but at the same time, it's, like, it's not worth dr- the drama of, like, working beyond what you already do because teachers already do so much okay the next one is escape rooms this one's tricky too um escape rooms i'm gonna go like i'm gonna piggyback off of room transformations i feel like escape rooms are super fun super engaging for like 85 percent of the students but if it's something that you've been teaching and you still have like a small group or like a small chunk of students who are not understanding the content unless you're really like policing like the groups and making sure that everyone is like sharing and everyone is like working together then I think that they're overrated because really it's only helping or like like supporting the 85 percent that already understand the material so I think for like that the rest of the students that like need the intervention they're really not engaged so it really just depends on the content but for me like I always find myself like oh I need to like buy an escape room for the holiday coming up let's do a themed escape room for this or blah 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 like I feel like I always do that and it's like just so happens to be on a Sunday when like I'm freaking out about whether or not I planned enough (laughs) for the week you know so I feel like in a sense like yeah they're great and they're fun but like how effective are they really and what is like the purpose of the escape room and like nine times out of ten like is it fun for everyone is everyone getting something out of it no not necessarily so maybe if you're using it as like a review and maybe all of the students like you know understand the content then perhaps but I feel like then it wouldn't really be a review so yeah I'm gonna say escape rooms overrated feel like for me I always just like freak out on Sunday and get the Sunday scaries and I'm like oh my god I'll just do an escape room no no we're not doing that <laughs> okay the next one is teacher t-shirts okay this one is tricky I'm gonna say overrated um A lot of, like, my first couple years of teaching, we would wear, like, matching shirts. Like, one person would buy everyone the matching shirt. We wear them all together. We take pictures. Um, Yeah, that's really cute. It's really fun. I think, like, it's nice for all of, like, your grade level to be matching. I think that's really sweet. 
and I think it shows the students that like we're unified and like whatever one teacher does the other teacher does vice versa um so that's like really cool and I guess that's like the nice thing about it but I feel like um I have so many shirts that just say like be kind <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with being kind but like how many is too many and at the same time, it's like, why do people keep gifting me these shirts? <laughs> and I don't want to sound ungrateful. Like I said, like, I love the teacher shirts. I think they're really cute. I think, like, they have really sweet sayings, like, you can do hard things, um, you know, be kind to one another. Kind people are my kind of people. Um, I think they're, like, the teacher t-shirts are kind of, like, being blurred though with like the general population I feel like more than just teachers are rocking these shirts now and I feel like places like Target sell shirts like this too now so it's kind of like less of a teacher thing and more of just like a human being thing now so to speak so um I think yeah like I said matching like and buying everyone matching shirts like I think it's cute it kind of serves its purpose, but at the same time, it's like, do you need to match every Friday when you're allowed to wear jeans and a t-shirt? Um, and like, how, how effective is that? Like, is it really showing the students or like the school community, like what you want it to show? I don't know. I don't, I think, I feel like I just don't want to spend $30 each on a t-shirt for a group of like seven people because that's how many people I teach with. <laughs> I don't know. And I think maybe I just own too many. I'm kind of desensitized to it. So yeah, teacher t-shirts, let's say overrated. Okay, the next one is read alouds. Read alouds underrated. Underrated for sure. Um, I don't care how old you are. Read aloud books are always good because they're short. Students have short attention spans, right? So I'm going to be done with the book by the time your attention span is up. We already read through the whole thing and you paid attention the entire time because it's literally the same length as your attention span. Okay, so that's number one. Number two, um, second reason why they are underrated is because you've got all this high-level vocabulary. You can pause in the middle of the book or at any time of the book, really, and prompt students to talk to one another asking questions. They can be related to, like, science his um, or historical context, or they can be um, related to, like, current events holidays that are happening it can be related to like the genre that you're teaching in class at the time like it can really literally be about anything and I feel like they're just an easy way to like teach beyond the curriculum and beyond like the standards and whatnot so I feel like it's always just an easy way to sneak in more information in there and it's giving the students more opportunities to talk to one another about what we're reading and about what we're learning. Um, yeah, and I teach, um, teaching fifth grade, like, they love sitting at the carpet 
and reading. I read a lot of books. We do at least one a week, and at the beginning of the year, we do one every single day. And it's just like it's something. It's it's special to watch them during a read aloud too. So yeah, I'm gonna go with underrated. I feel like more intermediate teachers need to be reading short read aloud books. I feel like you get a lot of missed opportunities um, when you don't. So take advantage of that. Um, okay, the next one is Fun Friday. I have mixed feelings. <laughs> I have really, really mixed feelings about Fun Friday. So I feel like a lot of people don't really know like where it came from like it comes from a specific person and a specific discipline model and I just feel like a lot of people are unaware and then they just use the buzzword like oh fun Friday oh we're all gonna have fun Friday we're all gonna go play on the playground or whatever when in reality like that's not like there's a lot more like research behind it and a lot more of like the the discipline part and like building intrinsic versus extrinsic motivation like all of that behind it that they they miss out on just because they use the alliteration fun friday and they're like oh yeah we're gonna go waste 30 minutes or not necessarily waste but we're gonna go spend 30 minutes doing um a non you know academic or standard related activity which is fine. I feel like kids need to, they need to have fun at school. They need to like learn via social interactions and things like that. So yeah, absolutely. Like have fun Friday. Like that's great. But also like you can't just throw out the buzzword fun Friday and not like, like the students need to earn it. They need to like put in the effort. They need to like turn in all of their assignments and like I think behaviorally like just meet the expectations in the classroom because if you're just giving everyone fun Friday and they're not showing respect to one another or to the materials or like not making good decisions and things like that then like you're kind of just missing the point overall of fun Friday so I'm gonna say um because too many people like don't really use it the way that it's intended to be used that it's overrated and I think me too like I'm definitely responsible of that too like there have been times where I'm like I'm so exhausted fun Friday <laughs> fun Friday for everybody I don't even care <laughs> and like it happens you know like and sometimes I think too like oh maybe I'm just too hard on them but like no, if you're gonna use it, like, you should use it the way that it was intended to be used, so, like, not just, like, me, but, like, everyone in general, I think, could be better at that, but anyway, let's move on, um, <laughs> okay, the next one is Kahoot, okay, so the free version of Kahoot is justified, and I'm gonna say the same thing about all the other, um, like, interactive online games that teachers can use so like look it gim kit and quizlet like if it's free then yeah it's totally justified or even like un underrated like i know i know kahoot is super popular now 
So maybe we'll just say that one in general is justified. Um, and then not a lot of people, I think, know about Look It or Quizlet Live. Um, and those two are also, I think, free. So I would say those two would be underrated just because not a lot of people are familiar with them. Um, and it's like rare to see teachers like switching it up and using different interactive games, but like it's amazing um, just to like use those for like ways to review, ways to check for understanding, super engaging. The kids like are having a really fun time. Um, you can just do a lot with it. So I think, yeah, the free version of Kahoot, Bloke It, or Quizlet Live. Amazing. Chef's kiss. Like, highly recommend if you're not using it. I probably use it at least once a week. Like, each of those. Kahoot, Quizlet Live, and Bloke It. And I think it, like, teaches the students how to study. Like, the material. How to review. Um, which is really great because study skills, I think, they just assume that they need to read the material and memorize it. Like, no, that doesn't always work for everyone. So, like, showing them, modeling for them different study skills um, is also a plus. Okay, but I do think that the versions of these games that they make you purchase a membership for or, like, being able to, um, like, unlock like more um, varieties of quizzes or like the different types of quiz questions um, like especially the Kahoot that they like the upgraded one Kahoot, I think it's like called Kahoot Pro maybe I think it is or like I don't know if, um, if you've heard of like GimKit GimKit I love because it's so fun um, and at first it was free, which was really great. And then the pandemic hit and then they were like, oh, we could like really make a lot of money off these poor teachers who have never taught online before. Let's totally make them pay for a membership. So like Kahoot did the same thing. They definitely followed GimKit, I think. And then we're like, basically, oh, if you want this, this, and this, you have to pay for it. You have to upgrade. So I feel like Kahoot and GimKit did us dirty. They did the whole teacher population dirty at a time when we needed them the most. <laughs> I just feel like you're preying on, like, the the teachers of the world, for real. Like, you clearly don't care about children or their education, but it's whatever. And it's like so funny where it's like ask your school administrator to pay for the blah 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 are you serious you really think my you really think my school administrator is gonna pay <laughs> crazy um so yeah i think like if you have to pay for it it's overrated like it's is it really worth it am i really gonna pay 50 dollars a month to use this like once nah like and we already don't get paid enough so i just feel like like Kahoot and GimKit, if you have someone, if someone works for them and you're listening and you want to like help a girl out, you want to put me in touch with the CEOs, like I'm, I'm down and we can definitely like troubleshoot and come up with other ways. But like, I think getting the teachers to pay for it, that's just dirty. I just messed up. <laughs> okay. Um, I only have a few more. The next one is teachers pay teachers. Okay. 
I'm going to say TBT is justified. And the reason I say that is I feel like there is no, like, one curriculum that's, like, going to work for everyone or that's going to be amazing for every student. It's, like, it's unfortunate, but at the same time, it's so true. And I think, too, like, curriculum is only bought, like, every X amount of years. And even so, like, it becomes outdated, like sad but true like it's not always in tune with current events it's not like frequently updated and things like that so I think teachers we always have to supplement we always have to add something in conjunction with what we're already using so I feel like TBT has a plethora of just like different things you can use in your classroom it's amazing to see what other teachers have come up with. And I think, too, like, why teachers are not the ones writing the curriculum, I don't understand. It just blows my mind. So, in that sense, like, TBT is amazing. Um, And I feel like, also, any way that we can, like, help support other teachers, like, yeah, sure, I'm all for it. Like, I don't want to reinvent the wheel. I'm just going to look for what I am, like, thinking of or, like, what... I have in mind on TPT to see if it's already available and if it costs like four dollars and I can have it like forever and like the person who made it is also a teacher just like me then I know like it's going to be good like whatever I purchase is like gonna be worth the four dollars or whatever but like four more dollars in their pocket like absolutely it just it makes more sense for me to spend my money or like give my money to someone who is in the same boat as me and then like rather than paying a big company for a membership or whatever and like I think too TBT can be scary though because you can really get sucked in (laughs) and like you can really like it can kind of warp your mind to be like oh like I need to have like cute font on everything like I need to have like the cute little clip art on everything so like uh you really have to be careful I think for me it's like after teaching for a while you kind of get over like uh the need for everything to be cute and cutesy especially like at in the intermediate grades because the kids really don't care they don't they don't care about what font you use. They don't care that you use the happy monkey font. Like, shut up. They, like, that's the least of their problems. You know, they're not looking at the clip art. They're, like, losing their homework half the time. So, like, it doesn't even matter. But, yeah, I think TPT is great just because, like, there's already so much out there. And, like, there's really no need to reinvent the wheel. Um... And it's, like, it's fun for me because I like to look at, like, what other teachers are doing and then kind of, like, think about, like, how can I, like, make what I already do better um, just by looking at, like, what kinds of things that they do in the classroom. And a lot of stuff on there is free. Like, if you have the time to really look and, like, click through some stuff, I'm like, whoa. Um, just because, like, it's really, it's really great material, but it's free. I'm like, why is this free? But I'm not complaining. So, TPT, will say, is underrated. Well, no, justified. I think a lot of people 
use it already, so we'll justify that. Okay, the next one is working past contract hours. Okay, overrated. Oh my god, I cannot say this enough. Um, I feel like for me, I can't not work past my contract hours, like, just because I'm always, like, getting new ideas and like in the spur of the moment I think of something and I'm like oh let me like for work or for school and like I have to write it down really quick or like um in working in intermediate like there's so many assignments that we have to grade and like they're not just something you can look at like and scan it's something that you really need to like look through thoroughly which takes up a lot of time and like between two 40-minute prep periods and all the emails and all the contact with parents and all the meetings after school or before school. It's like, when would I possibly get everything on my to-do list done? Never. Um, so yeah, like I feel like I always do end up working past my contract hours, but also like being able to flex like when you work, I think depends on like how you work best. Because for me, it's, like, there are way too many distractions for me, like, at my school site for me to grade papers that require a lot of, like, me looking at them thoroughly and, like, following the rubric and circling. Like, I could not physically do that at my school site because I am so easily distracted. And that's just, like, my personality. So, yeah, I do end up working past my contract hours just a little bit. But... I'm also someone who, who, like, anything physical that needs to be done in the classroom, like, cleaning up, putting up a new bulletin board, like, um, you know, putting student work away, um, anything like that, like, putting new books in the library, making um, anchor charts, like, all of that can get done during my contract hours. So I think, too, like, thinking of how do I work best, when do I work best, like, what conditions... Do I, do I work well under and am I most productive under? Because I feel like for me, and I don't even think like I'm a very social person, but like I will talk to everyone. <laughs> like hence why I cannot get anything done on my, like during my two preps because I will literally talk to you forever if you talk to me. Um, and if my door's open, like, people just walk in. And that is, like, also, like, I, so learning how to, like, okay, on my prep time, I need to close my classroom door. Or on my prep time, I need to, like, go make copies. Or I need to, like, be making new anchor charts or making phone calls home or whatever. But, like, using your time wisely, I would say. So, yeah, I feel like the average teacher um, works past their contract hours. I don't know. I feel like most of, like, the people I talk to work past their contract hours, but at the same time, like, not much. Like, I wouldn't say that they're spending hours upon hours. I'm sure, like, as you, like, every year that you're a teacher, every year that progresses, I feel like you probably work less past your contract hours if that makes sense like the first two to three years I worked all the time like every weekend I was grading papers I was making materials I was like planning 
and now like that I'm in my fourth year going on like five years pretty soon like I feel like everything has just gotten easier and not like because I'm teaching the same grade level per se but maybe just because like I know how to balance it a little bit better so I think the thing that's wrong with working past your contract hours is like that it's over glorified like people like flaunt it like oh I'm working again I'm, I'm always working I work all the time blah 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 like no <laughs> um I think maybe this should be like its own topic for the pod and maybe we'll do like a mini episode about like over glorifying working past your contract hours but like a, a surgeon wouldn't like go home and like plan the next day like no the surgeon would like go back to the hospital the next day and like then begin working like they're not planning out what they're going to do they're not like looking at their patients x-rays from home like no no other profession is like teaching where like you're bringing this crazy work home unless like you work for yourself or like you own your own business that's different but I feel like with teaching like there's you have to set a boundary over glorifying working is like not sustainable and it's just like overall not cool (laughs) it's overrated okay like don't like do it as minimally as possible okay yeah that will definitely have to be its own episode all right besties that's all i have for today's episode so thanks for tuning in Um, If you really enjoyed the episode, make sure you hit subscribe, leave a review, um, new episodes out every week, and I will talk to you later.